Take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to talk to you today about the subject of grace makes things happen. Grace makes things happen. It does. It really does. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our, of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose, his own purpose and grace. The word and there is a Greek conjunction that really should have said his own purpose, which is grace. Amen. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Father, today I pray that you will give your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying for this hour. We know grace is your message. We know grace is your message for all time. But make it make it real for them today in a special way in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. This right here said God has the purpose of grace which is given us in Christ Jesus. He did not give it to us directly. He gave everything he gave you through Christ. Because yes. he gave it to Jesus so you can be joined heir with him, you see. Yes. As gracious as God is to Jesus, he's going to be to you. Yes. Amen. 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 Think of that. Think of that. How gracious is he going to be to Jesus? How gracious would it be to him? He's going to be that way, way to you. He is that way to you. Grace says, listen to this. He says, grace says you have it before it made, it's made manifest. Grace says you have it before it's made manifest. You do have it before it's made manifest. That's what, that's what he said there in that passage. I bought my son some Christmas presents the other day. They're hers. But she's not getting them to Christmas. They're hers. They're in our house. They're in her house. I got them hidden. Oh, she knows where they are. She knows right where they are. She could find out at any time, but she's not going to know until Christmas. Because at a certain time, the things are supposed to be presented to you. Is there, is there an expectant mother in the house? We've got a pregnant mama in the house. Wow. Not, not, not that we know about, Miss Ann said. Well, you don't want to see that baby until it's time, right? You might get a sonogram, but you don't want to see that baby until it's time because there's a certain time for it to come, and that, that, that's when it's going to be best for it. You know, I know you've got prayers. I know you've got seeds in the ground. You've got prayers out there that are, that are working for you right now. You don't want to see them too soon because it, it could have come at the right time. Amen. Glory to God. No matter how uncomfortable this, this mother gets with an expectant baby, she didn't want to see it before it's time. Right, right. Speaking of expectant babies, I, was, I, was, I read a story this week about a man who called hysterically on the phone to, to the hospital. said, hurry, hurry, my wife's my wife. you got to come out here. My wife is in labor, hard labor right now. person on the other end of the phone said, is this her first? Is this her first baby? No, this is her husband, you idiot. <laughs> I 
Second Timothy chapter one, verse ten. Second <laughs> Timothy one ten says, "But as now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel." Life and immortality came to light through the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel of the grace of God. Amen. Grace did not abolish sin. It did not say it abolished sin, but it abolished death. Sin, sin is a consequence of death, but Jesus didn't stop people from sinning. He stopped, people from, he stopped us from dying. Yeah. Glory to God. Grace did not abolish sin, but, but the outcome of it, which is death, grace abolished death. Hebrews 2, 8 and 9 says, Thou hast put all things... Put, put, put that up on the board. Hebrews 2, 8 and 9. Thou hast put all things in subjection, subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under his feet, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. You see this? Here it is again. He put everything under Jesus' feet, but we don't see it yet. It, it's, it's done, but it's not, not, not manifested yet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. That he, by the grace, but we see Jesus, listen to this, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, everybody say, by the grace of God, grace of should taste death for every man. Grace abolished death. Glory to God. Amen. Grace abolished death. Yes, you know, uh, we have some people that have gone on. They said they died, but Frank... Gay did not die. She's not dead. She's alive, glory to God. Charles Mims, his wife, Bonnie, she's not dead. She's alive. Amen. She's more alive than she was here. Mama Jean choked. She's not dead. She's alive. She's alive someplace in glory. Amen. Probably not paying attention to us this, this morning. Probably, probably got something more important to do than what we're, we're thinking right here. They're alive. Verse 11 says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul was a teacher of the Gentiles. Who's that? Who's the Gentiles? That's us. So get lost in his letters, would you? I'm going to show you something important about that a little bit later on. The reason we understand grace like we do is because God brought us grace, this message of grace through Paul. Nobody else had it like he did. Nobody else had it like he did. Nobody else had it like he did. He had like he had like a, a like it was an infection to him. I mean, he was he was loaded with it. For the which cause I also suffer these things. For nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh man, here comes your security now. Grace and only grace gives you assurance of salvation. Make you secure. He said, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Yes. He's going to keep that. Which he, he's able. Yes. He, will commit, he will keep that. It's not, about, it's not about you giving it to him again. It's about him keeping it. Yes. About whether or not he can keep it. Can he keep it? Yes. He can keep it. If he can keep it, he will keep it. Amen. Titus 2, verse 11. Titus 2. I know there's a lot of scriptures here, but I'm not going to preach all day. Titus 2 and verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. One thing you need to know about grace is grace is a universal blessing bestowed upon all people every, everywhere. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The whole world is God's. We don't, we don't see that. 
You say, we don't see it yet, but it's, it's the truth. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself. We don't see it yet, but we know it's true. God put everything under Jesus' feet, but we don't see it yet, but we know it's true. You see what I mean? Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. You have to see it to believe it. You're not believing in it at all. When you see it, you don't need faith to see something. You need to see something to use your faith. It's opposite. If you see it out there in the, in, in the spirit realm, you can have it if you believe it. Amen. Amen. Grace is a universal blessing bestowed upon all people everywhere. That means that you're drunk Uncle Billy. God wants him. He doesn't see him as drunk Uncle Billy. He sees him as a child of God. Amen. He sees him reconciled. He sees the blood of Jesus shed for him. He has to receive that. He has to receive it. Now, don't misunderstand. He must receive it by faith. Yes. If he doesn't receive it by faith, he's just lost as a goose in a snowstorm. But but if he receives it by faith, he can have it. He can have what you have. He can have what Jesus had. Amen. Glory to God. Verse twelve of Titus two says, "Teaching us." Oh, what? what? Grace has appeared to all men, teaching us. Teaching us. Grace teaches us. Grace teaches us how to live right. Listen to this. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Grace teaches us how to live right. Not, the law doesn't. The law will not do, do, do that. The law, when the, the moment you sin, the moment you do something wrong, the law administers the justice. Death, death, death. The law of sin and death, that's what it's called that in Romans. The law of sin and death. You sin, you die. You sin, you die. You sin, you die. That's, that's all it is. In Jesus, in the gospel, you have the right to live after you've sinned. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody sinned this week? Anybody sinned this week? <laughs> Israel was first to raise his hand. I know if he did, you all have. <laughs> he's a good guy. Somebody said they didn't have time to send him. They were too busy with the play. <laughs> We need to have more plays, apparently. <laughs> Grace teaches us how to live right. Not the law. The law immediately enforces the death penalty. Those who carry the law live under the law, and they are only, they're only there to rob you. Only there to rob you. Heard about a guy who, uh, in the middle of the night, Saw, saw a finely dressed man walking down the street, walked over to him, stuck a gun in his ribs, and said, Give me your money. God said, You can't do this. I'm a, I'm a senator. I'm a, I'm a congressman. You can't do this. He said, Okay, give me my money. <laughs> the, law, the law steals from you, the law takes from you. It does. It's always designed to take from you. Cannot give you anything but but death, the law of sin and death. I had a Brazilian boy come to me, boy from Brazil, and Sif and I one day. I was teaching some of these things like this. He said, "Doctor, you know, I never had problems with lust when I was when I been saved three three years. Never had any problems with lust when I was in Brazil." So he came here to Sif and I. He said, "I'm eating up with it. I'm eating up with with lust." 
I said, why? So many beautiful girls here. He said, no, we had beautiful girls in our church. He said, it never, never, never bothered me. He said, but we didn't have a law in our church about hugging women. He said, when I got here, had laws against touching girls and couldn't, couldn't hug them and couldn't hold their hand or anything. He said, all of a sudden I found out I was, I was eating up with lust all of a sudden because of that law. I said, that's right. That's exactly right. That's, that's how it works. It will work that, that way because your, your nature is to rebel against law. You see that? That's why you can't be saved by, by the law. You can't be saved by being told to shape up and straighten out and do right. That never works for anybody. What works for you is to know that God loves you. God loves you, and the grace of God shows that He loves you. That'll make you. That'll make you live right without without wanting to live right. Amen. It's true. So I prayed for him. I said, "You forget the laws. You go back to living like you were." Amen. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. This is an important, powerful thing right here. Second Timothy 2, verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. See that verse? See that verse of Scripture? Y'all have heard me talk about this, haven't you? How Christianity is generational. Paul said that the things you heard of me, Timothy, you teach to faithful men who in turn shall be able to teach other. Four, gener- four generations in that one verse. How important it is. This week I saw something special in this. That's why I'm preaching this, this message. I read verse 1. Back up and read verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And teach that to faithful men. The things which you have heard of me. See that? The context here is the teaching of grace. Yeah. Teach grace to the generations. Teach grace to the generations. To teach grace to the generations. It's a, it's a message for all time, for all people. Amen. Glory to God. I turned my crank this week when I saw that. Grace is to be taught generationally. That's why I never dangled my kids over hell. Never told them they were going to hell if they did something, did this, did that. Never told them that. You know, they walk, they walk with God today. You can raise kids loving God, not running from God, by love, by grace. Grace will raise them upright. You tell them they're going to go to hell if they do this, if they do that, they're going to go to hell. You pronounce it over them that they're going to act like that. Tell them God loves them. Tell them they're children of God. They can live for, they can live for God forever. Amen. First Timothy 1.12 says, look at this, I'm going to let you go in a few minutes. First Timothy 1.12 says, and I, thank, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who put Paul in the ministry? Jesus did. He did not put himself in the ministry. I didn't put my kids in the ministry either. God called him. I told him, if you can do anything else, go do it. Because if I, if, I, if I call you, i got to keep you. I didn't want to do that. Who was before? Who was before a blasphemer and persecutor and an injurious? But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And look at this. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul was a bad dude. He was ugly, mean, foul-tempered, injurious, he said. 
Grace can change anybody. That's why, that's why, that's why we did the story of Scrooge. See that God can change anybody. God can change anybody. Kenny Casey can change anybody. He can change anybody. He can change you. That's the, 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 that's the biggest thing you got to believe is he can change you. The things you don't like about yourself, you have anything about yourself you don't like? Anybody? I have, I have a couple of things I don't like about myself. God can change you. He can change that for you. Make you right again. I was uh, pastoring with my dear wife out in San Angelo, Texas years ago. There was a young woman that came to our church, gorgeous girl, single mom, Needed a husband bad, and she dressed like she's looking like she's always fishing for a husband. She dressed that way. She's coming to church. She walked down. The, she always wanted to sit down in front, so she walked down the middle aisle. You know, walk down there and sit down, short dress on, cut low, and all that. You know, she she's gorgeous. And uh, all the young men, all the looking at her. You know, I couldn't keep from looking at her. But she wasn't right. Amen. She wasn't right. She was saved. But she would let, if she missed a couple of Sundays, we know something had happened. I'd say, Ann, you better call her. Better call Joanne. That wasn't her name. <laughs> better call Joanne. And uh, Ann would call her and she'd start crying. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went out on a date. Well, why, why, why is that bad? She said, well, I slept with the guy. She'd sleep with him. Go drink or something, you know, and sleep with him. And she wouldn't come to church. She'd feel all guilty about it. So she confessed it to Miss Ann. She did this five or six times. So I finally said, I'm through with, I'm through with her. My, the last time it happened when I said I told Ann she said well, we need to meet with Joanne I said I'm not meeting with her anymore she's hopeless I'm done with her I'm just done with her I can't do it anymore I did I said Ann said well, I'm not I said okay it's fine but I don't have time for that I don't have time I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say she was lost I said I just didn't have time to disciple her you know Ann stayed with her happened a couple of more times but one day she came in, she came in to church. She said, Miss Ann, I got it. I got it. I got it really. I really got it now. And she got it. She never went back again. Amen. I don't know what the key was, but she just, she, just, she just got it by grace. The grace of God showed up and she just got it. She'd been walking with God strong ever since. But it took about seven or eight times with Miss Ann just staying with her, you know, showing grace and love to her. So if you need any help, don't come to me. Come to her. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God can change anybody. Amen. He can change anybody. The, pe- the person that, see, Scrooge had lots of opportunities, didn't he? He had several opportunities. He, he even played like he was walking with God one time. Had the opportunities. Don't give up on them. Don't, don't ever give up on them. Don't ever give up on them. Don't ever give up on them. They'll come back. They'll come back. Your kids are coming back. Your kids are coming back to God right now. I'm saying your kids are coming back to God. 
First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that, Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Yeah, that's right. You are Paul. You are chief of sinners. Verse 16, How be it? For this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Paul is a pattern. He said he's a pattern. How Jesus dealt with Paul is a pattern for all of us. You hear this? This is why I say this. We have to follow Paul's teaching and doctrine, follow Paul's life, because he was, he was set apart for us special. Yes, amen. A pattern. That's right. we, we did a teaching on follow me, you know, that follow me message. Uh, uh, Alan said that really helped him a lot. Here, this is as Paul says, I'm a pattern for you to follow. Grace has provided a pattern. The grace of God has provided a pattern for you. The worst of the worst can become the best of the best. The things you hate about yourself today can become the very testimony that you give to prove God's grace in your life. Amen. 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 Thank God. Verse 17. Now to him, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I love you all very much. God bless you.